What's up? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm an artist and a designer and the founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. And I love talking to people who are driven to create and make the world a better place with their work. Welcome to a special six-part series of Art Pays Me called Craft Pays Me, where I'll be talking to six craftspeople who represent a cross-section of mediums and stages in their careers. I want to give a special thank you to Julie Roswell and Craft Nova Scotia for making this possible. We'll hear from Julie at the beginning of each episode in the series. And I also want to give a thank you to Arts Nova Scotia for their additional support in this project. Let's get into it. Hi, I'm Julie Roswell. I'm program director with Craft Nova Scotia. We're a registered nonprofit here in the province, uh, working with over 300 craftspeople and probably more than a thousand when you take in things like guilds and and uh, and groups uh, like Metal Arts Guild and Coador and Basketry, etc. Um, we have a lot of programming that helps craftspeople in the province, um, and this year in particular has been challenging because a lot of the things we do in person haven't been possible. So we're really excited to be working with you, Dwayne, uh, on the Art Pays Me uh, mini podcast series, uh, Craft Pays Me. Uh, and this is our final episode. I can't believe we're here already. Um, but uh, so today we have Claire McDonald, who is a jeweler. Um, she is a member also of uh, Corridorn and, uh, and Craft Nova Scotia, obviously. Um, and I know Claire from a variety of points of view, um, whether it be through exhibition, um, through our shows, which we normally do at the Canard Event Centre and at um, Victoria Park in Halifax. Um, or she also worked at our designer craft shop when we had a physical shop. Uh, unfortunately, we no longer do, um, but we do have an online shop, which we launched in December. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, so it's really lovely to get a chance to hear from Claire and what she's doing now uh, as a craftsperson, because I know she has sort of a few different facets of uh, her work that she's doing um, from jewelry to sculpture. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited to hear it. And I'm so happy that we've had this chance to have uh, the, the podcast series uh, this winter. And uh, I can't wait, to, wait, can't wait to hear this last interview with Claire McDonald. Thanks, Julie. Okay, thank you so much. Talk to you later. All right. So Claire McDonald. Uh, <laughs> so we, we've been... Yeah, we we actually we've been following each other for a little while on Instagram, and I was just asking you before we started recording about like, <laughs> do I call you K Claire or like <laughs> Claire? Uh, yep. So yeah, uh, fellow fellow middle namer. My first name mm -hmm. is Vare, and uh, okay, I I have another account that has Vare Dwayne in it, and I go back and forth about whether that needs to exist or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I just go by my initial now just to keep things straightforward. But yes, generally by Claire. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and you're currently based in Halifax right now? I am, yes. I'm living in Dartmouth right now, but my uh, studio is in Halifax, yes. Okay, cool. And um, are you from here originally? Yeah, I was, um, I was born in Cape Breton. 
um, in Sydney. Um, we, I didn't really grow up there though. We, we weren't there for that, that long. Um, and then, uh, my family actually moved to New Brunswick for a few years. So I spent like a small portion of my childhood in New Brunswick. Um, and then uh, when I was like seven or eight, we moved uh, back to Nova Scotia. And um, yeah, that's where I spent most of my childhood. Okay, yeah. cool. So so Julie gave a little bit of an introduction to you, but like sometimes people have a different impression of what it is that they do. So like, what, what do you do from your perspective? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say, I guess that like I'm a jewelry designer, but I I wouldn't necessarily limit sort of my idea of what I do to just doing jewelry. I do also do a bit of sculpture um, and I've always had this interest in painting. So it's something that I, I continue to dabble with on and off, but um, in terms of, you know, my career and how I make, money and everything I I would probably identify most with a jewelry designer okay and your sculptures they seem small from what I can tell are they small size some of them are um like the the largest piece I've done is probably like two by three feet they're they're not really large sculpture it sort of began when I was like most of my sculpture work is using jewelry techniques Mm -hmm. that I've scaled up um so I haven't scaled up to like a massive scale yet. It's it's still it's still manageable that most of the techniques I use for my sculpture work are exactly what I use for um, making my jewelry. Yeah, so they're not not too big. Okay, cool. And um, like as far as your childhood, like how, what what kind of kid were you? Yeah, I was really quiet. I was a very quiet quiet kid. <laughs> But I was, I was always like making stuff. I was always, always busy creating all kinds of things with anything really. Like I I was just always making crafts, I guess. Um, I spent a lot of time, you know, outside as well. Like I wasn't always just inside, but just always creating these like small little worlds. Like I played with dolls, but I also played with Lego um, I was always just, yeah, always creating. Mm-hmm. Did you like always know that you would, when you grow up, you'd want to continue creating too? Yeah, I think it's really funny. Like when I was little, I was always like, oh, I want to be an artist when I grow up. <laughs> um, but it's just like, you know, the thing when you ask a five-year-old um, and then at different points in my life, it's like, oh, I want to be, I don't know. I think at one point I wanted to be a veterinarian or something. Um, but it always came down to whenever I had free time to myself, I was always, always making things. So mm-hmm. it just sort of over the years became more apparent that that was what I wanted to pursue. Um, and I remember even being in high school and just kind of feeling maybe like a pressure to pursue something else. Um, mm-hmm. I was a really studious <laughs> So I think because I had good grades, I felt like this pressure to maybe pursue something more academic, but I, I just, I ended up going to art school and it wasn't any less academic. It was a very rigorous career path and it it continues to be. So, yeah. That's always like a funny thing, right? Like you you go to art school and you realize, oh, like there is actually a lot of theory behind all of this practice. Yeah, totally. Like I just, I mean, I think um, when I was in high school, I did one of, I was living in Halifax. And so I did one of the NASCAD 
offered um, like a portfolio prep um, yeah. course that I did when I was in grade 12 and we got like a tour of the university and like it was so romanticized in my mind like <laughs> getting a tour of like the painting studios and I just you know I, I sort of went into it with this expectation that like going to art school meant like showing up and just like painting all day but like <laughs> it's not really the reality of it it was you know it's a really it's a really hard program it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of um you know, you really got to stick with it and, and keep your head down. And yeah. Right. So yeah. I'm assuming you did foundation at NASCA. I did. It? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How, how did you determine that jewelry would be the thing or metal or sculpture? Like look, were you kind of, I mean, you're so multidisciplinary, which I guess a lot of people are, which I keep getting corrected by this, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it about like jewelry specifically? Um, well, it's really funny because I, I, I listened to, um, I, I really related to the uh, an interview you did with Tony where she said like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't something that she loved at first. She didn't love ceramics at first. And I kind of had the exact same experience with jewelry. Um, I started at NASCAD with the intention of being a painter. It's like, mm. I'm going to go to NASCAD and I'm going to pursue painting. Um, and that is sort of like where I started off. Like I did foundation yeah. and then, you know, I did intro painting and I kind of, I think I, I just, when I was filling out my schedule, I thought, oh, well, like I've always like, you know, as a kid and as a teenager, like made jewelry, like beads and clay beads and stuff. Um, so I thought, oh, you know, I'll just try a jewelry course for fun. And then it just was, <laughs> it was so, um, it was so different than what I expected. Um, all of the tools, all of the materials, the studio, everything was so completely new. And it just sort of like opened up this whole world that that I didn't I didn't know anything about. And it was really intriguing and really exciting to me. But I also <laughs> I remember the first project we had was to make like just a simple silver band ring. And I remember just completely (laughs) melting my first project I didn't understand like how to control the heat from the torch and I just remember thinking like oh my gosh I gotta drop this class like I'm just so horrible at this I can't like this isn't this isn't you know the medium I should be pursuing I should just do painting and then somehow I don't know I think about it often, like I'm not really sure what it was that that kept me in there. I think it was just maybe this a bit of stubbornness in me that was like, oh, I got to figure out how to do this. Um, and, uh, you know, I redid the project and that was kind of, you know, I, f- I feel like even today, <laughs> that's how that's how things go. You know, you you take on a project and maybe it just completely doesn't go as planned or as you expected, but you just have to keep trying and yeah right right that's yeah. uh that that bit of uh rigor that uh yeah it really set the tone for the rest of my time at NASCAD and really even sort of the rest of my career yeah yeah did you so I, I'm, I might be reading too deeply into this but I was one of those who okay in my high school I was you know one of the art kids and everyone was like oh you're so good yada 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 yeah then I got to NASCAD and I was like I'm struggling to to (laughs) (laughs) yeah did you feel that way I think definitely definitely I mean like going into NASCAD 
I think mostly I identified as a painter and then, Mm. you know, you get to foundation and you're also surrounded by a million other people who are also really good at painting. And then you're just like, Oh yeah. Like (laughs) I have so much to learn and, and yeah. And I think maybe finding jewelry and just feeling like, you know, it was just something that was completely new. Like I had, I had never seen any of the tools before anything. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it just was like, it drew upon like a sort of a different skill set that, that I didn't really know Um, just kind of in the approach of like, maybe like drawing upon like design and stuff, but everything else was like starting from scratch. Yeah. It was really interesting. Cool. And you're kind of a writer low key. Like there's a very romantic way that you write. Oh, (laughs) thanks. Thanks. I do really enjoy writing. Um, I don't, I don't spend enough time sort of pursuing that as much as I would like. I I have tried to keep a blog on and off a little bit over, well, I guess like maybe since university or whatever. And it's something that at some point I would like to maybe pursue a little bit more or mm-hmm. put a little bit more focus on because I, I think a lot of my work, like I I spend so much time thinking about my design process and my inspiration and you know maybe the resulting piece is just like a very simplified ring or a pendant but there's just like a lot of there's a lot of um there's a lot of stuff that really goes into that I don't I don't know I don't want to be like oh it's like so deep or whatever but it just I I think that stuff is really important to share um because like, yes, the resulting thing might look really simple, but there's a lot of layers to to what sort of led to the arrival of like a certain design or whatever. So I love I love reflecting on that and sharing it um, where I can. No, I, I agree with you. I like reading some of your posts and it's like, you're right. It, it's something that, you know, it seems like it's a leaf or represents another thing, but you've got this like big story as to how you came to to you know, representing this piece of nature. And it's like, oh, okay. Like it does, it does endear you to it a little bit more. Yeah. And I think um, like a lot of it is really personal and it's sort of like my perspective and my experience, but I think I, I, I do feel like it's important to share because sometimes too, like I, I, or at least I hope maybe it some, sometimes it might help somebody else to see something from, a different perspective like maybe the next week they're out for a walk and you know they look at the horizon line in the harbor and they're like I don't know maybe they take pause for a minute or something and they hadn't or you know Mm -hmm. they're at the beach and they picked up a rock and they they paused or they thought about it and yeah Yeah. I just sort of hope that maybe it it inspires something in other people too right what do you think about the blog um from a like business perspective or or do you use yours more in a personal way? Um, I think I, I used to use it mostly in a personal way. And then like, you know, I started to use it maybe from a little bit more of a business side in terms of, you know, I did a blog post on like how to clean your jewelry. And that's like a little bit more business focused. But yeah, my, my blog, I, I find is it tends to be a little bit more like behind the scenes um, of like design process and stuff. So I guess it, it could be considered a bit business focused in terms of like allowing people a little bit of an inside view as to 
what goes into um, the, the design process and the making process. Right. Um, yeah. But every now and then I'll do something that's just like very much a personal reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So like you, you use a lot of symbolism in your work, but you also use your other creative outlets to influence your jewelry. And I, I, I like that idea too, of maybe you do a little painting or a little sketch or something and kind of let that lead into your jewelry some, somehow. Is that always intentional or is it just sort of naturally how it plays out? I think it's sort of, um, it's, it's really sort of like a natural thing. I think like I have always struggled to keep a sketchbook in terms mm-hmm. of like, if I'm designing jewelry, like I rarely, rarely will sit down with a pencil and paper and try to draw the piece that I'm envisioning in my mind. It's, it's, I, I don't know if that's necessarily common amongst jewelers. I, it, I don't know if it's because maybe I was sort of more uh, focused on painting before I found jewelry, but it just doesn't really come natural, naturally to me to envision a piece of jewelry and then, um, you know, draw it from like the front view, the side view, um, right. the top view. I just, I can't, I can't really think that way for some reason. So sometimes sometimes even just, you know, playing around with color and, and looking at brush strokes, um, that is, is more so a starting point for me for my jewelry, which seems so strange. Um, and I, I do a lot of paper models. So cutting out shapes, um, and arranging, um, different shapes and different compositions, um, that sort of helps me get a feel for like balance and scale. Yeah. So cool. maybe a little bit non-traditional in a jewelry designer sense, but um, yeah. And then it just kind of also makes me feel like the work exists um, in like different forms. Like you might have like a ring or a pendant or something, but it sort of can exist in this larger context too, where, you know, maybe mm. there's like an accompanying painting or something like that that inspired it. You ever consider doing a show with something like that? Seeing the, the different iterations of all of this thing? <laughs> <laughs> it would be really cool to do that, I think. Um, I've I've exhibited my sculptural work like on its own, but never sort of with my jewelry. And I think that would actually be a really fun approach to doing mm-hmm. that um, because they've always sort of felt like pretty separate pursuits so yeah I I like that idea an interesting thing to consider moving forward yeah I I tend to think of my t-shirt stuff as separate from my paintings and separate from my drawings and all of that but the more I go on the more I'm starting to just blur those lines yeah yeah it's interesting sometimes yeah Uh, yeah and you're a runner and (laughs) yes What have you learned from running? Oh, so much. (laughs) I just laugh because like, so I feel like it's so funny. A lot of people just think I'm nuts. I run all year round and it's so cold. (laughs) But I really like, I can't imagine my life without it. Like it's really become a bit of a lifeline to me, especially like getting through the winters and stuff. Um, It just like on days when it's like, pouring rain out and I don't go for a run like I just feel like my day doesn't go the same like I just love to 
get up and start the day outside. It's just a lot of like headspace for me, I think. Like I don't, I'm not someone who meditates like in a traditional sense, but my running for me has always been kind of like this quiet me time where like my brain can go in a million different directions and sort of like do its thing and sort itself out. And then I go get home at the end of the run and it's like, okay, I feel much better. And sometimes I honestly couldn't even tell you what the heck I thought about during my run, but it's just kind of like this shuffling in my brain through many thoughts and somehow it just clears things out a bit. And yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And, and just like, I don't know, I, I love to, when I was in Halifax, I used to always run on the waterfront and often in the park and stuff and I'm in Dartmouth now so I'm exploring some other uh, trails and stuff but it just sort of finding that like quiet space within like an urban setting is is really uh, yeah it just sort of really helps set the tone for my day cool and even like you, I saw you wrote something about pushing through that pain uh, you yeah like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah 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 it's really taught me about like sort of like understanding limits and and I mean I, I think that's like a, a lesson across many facets of life like mm-hmm. you know even even with like work and jewelry work like you know in terms of like when you need a break and like when it's time to just like call it a day or like or when it's time to say like, oh, you know, I'm going through a, a real uh, artistic block or whatever. And like, Mm -hmm. like working through those periods, like I I feel like that's something that like over the years I've gotten better with and maybe like a little bit more able to recognize like when that's approaching and, and, and how to work through that and not sort of just throw the towel in and be like, well, done forever. you know, because I, I think as artists, there's many points where we've all just kind of reached that point where you're just like, oh, my gosh, maybe yeah. I should do something else. Yep. Yeah. As I look at a, <laughs> a painting in my studio that's like been incomplete for six months because I'm like, do I throw this thing away or do I push yeah. through the tough? Yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, so you work primarily in sterling silver is that correct i do for my jewelry yes okay do you ever accept private commissions for like some other kind of metal i have done some custom work um i don't do a lot of it these days um i i'm i would consider sort of maybe pursuing that avenue a bit more at -hmm. some point um I just find I I get really consumed by my whenever I take on a commission it's like very all consuming for me for some reason I just really it really uh it makes it hard for me to sort of focus on my production work when I'm also doing something that's like very personal to someone else I yeah but it's it's something you know I I do enjoy custom work I just I think I need to figure out how to like balance the two a little bit more and then you know, in the future might be open to taking on a bit more. Right. Right. Um, and like your, a lot of your stuff is handcrafted. So mm-hmm. when I see, when I, when I read about that and then I see what you're doing, you often have to duplicate the same 
items in like in like how do you how do you manage that without uh like since it's handcrafted so how do you like replicate the same thing so many times yeah so a lot of my um well I guess in the last year I started doing a bit more work that's fabricated um, and that line each piece like even though it might look similar like each piece is not exactly the same because it's starting from scratch Um, but I do the majority of my work is um, done through a process called lost wax casting so um I have molds made, I guess, Ah. to answer your question simply. Um, But those pieces, um, I originally designed in wax. So I would carve um, whatever piece I'm making in wax. And then that gets cast in metal. And that piece can be molded and then infinitely reproduced. um, Ah. Yeah, in order to make multiples. Yeah, so that allows me to you know, have a production line, but also that's also some, that's also a way that, um, you know, if I have like a piece that has like repetitive forms, like maybe it's like a necklace and it's got, you know, 20 of the same link on the, on the necklace, it can be from that one mold. Um, okay. so working in repetition. Yeah. Cool. Cause I was wondering like if you ever, decide I'm not going to do a certain thing because it's too complicated or whatever the case may be from a like a replication standpoint yeah interesting yeah Yeah. okay yeah so as a jeweler um actually would you consider for a jeweler I I mix up these terms sometimes (laughs) (laughs) I mean I guess so I don't um yeah, I struggle with that a little bit because I mean, okay. like, yes, I like, I, I guess, yes, like I, I do make jewelry, but I, you know, oftentimes when people think jewelry, they think, you know, lots of, lots of stones, lots of yeah. really shiny um, things. And that's not really what I identify with in my practice um, currently. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it is something I've worked on, on and off stone setting. That's sort of like a whole other ball game, but it's not something I have a huge amount of expertise in at the moment so you know I have lots of jewelry colleagues that that is what they do and mm-hmm. you know we work in the same field but it sort of looks different so yeah. different yeah okay yeah. cool do you have any uh, people that are influences to you or are you kind of just like going on your your own um a bit of a bit of both like definitely um do you mean like in terms of like artists that influence me or yeah in general I'm thinking Um, artists yeah well it's like funny because I feel like I I get a lot of my inspiration from other mediums which is Mm -hmm. which is bizarre like I I look to painting a lot for a lot of inspiration um there's a an artist named Peter Doig who's my absolute favorite I think he's based in Scotland but I saw one of his shows um, when I was in Montreal years ago and it just it was yeah it was just a really eye-opening show and the way that they had it exhibited too was really interesting where they they had a room with a lot of his like finished paintings and a lot of them were really big and then in the room accompanying it um, they had like a bunch of his studies so if he had like a painting in the other room um of one thing in the next room 
there might be like five iterations of that single painting where there was something slightly different about the composition, maybe the colors. And that was just really, really mind blowing to see. Um, Cool. Yeah, I really liked that. In terms of like jewelers though, I've always really loved George Jensen, like very classic Danish silversmith. I, I just find his designs are so 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 simple and have a lot of really nice flow to it um so i'd say like he's a really big inspiration okay cool and so how do you um how do you establish pricing for the your work typically Mm. (laughs) pricing is really hard it's something that i've struggled with um I mean, there's so there's so many things to take into consideration and jewelry, maybe more so than some other mediums. Like you have that really, you have a material cost. It's not just paper and paint. Um, yeah. So you've got your material cost. You've got time. Um, I, I do a lot of research. Like I, I think, yes, you have to make sure your materials are covered and yes, your time, but there's also sort of you know, I do a lot of market research in terms of like, what are other people in the industry charging for similar products? And what is kind of the threshold point? Like what's, what's the, you know, what's the most that I could charge for this before it becomes kind of like too much. And like also being very aware of like when you're underpricing yourself. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely something that I, I don't know if I like I don't have a formula. I know some people do. Um I've just never really found something that worked great for me. But so, and sometimes also like I don't know if this is like bad <laughs> like a bad strategy, but I do, you know, there's certain like earring designs that don't take me very long to make. Um, and there's some that take me a lot longer to make, but if I mm-hmm. price the, if they're a similar size, same amount of material, if I price them around the same, then they sort of balance out. Um, right. so I sort of use strategies like that too, where it's not necessarily the price of one item, but it's like the overall, if I can move these products together, then it sort of makes sense. I don't know. That might be a bad strategy, but oh. it's worked. Okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, sort of deal with that too on the t-shirt side because, yeah there are certain designs that are like a one color print is cheaper than like a four color print, but the customer, they just see it as a t-shirt and they're like, exactly. Yeah. You want to pay more for a four color (laughs) t-shirt. Yeah. So I think it's, it's really important to like, like you said, consider it from the consumer's perspective. Like, yes, they just see it as a t-shirt and like, you know, that it costs different to produce the two different um, versions of it, but they, they likely don't and so yeah yeah you have to yeah it's it's important to consider both sides I guess yeah yeah so yeah I, I mean yeah I don't and I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not but I'm kind of like yeah. you I think it simplifies things in a lot of ways um, yeah so I try to meet in the middle so how have you coped through the pandemic through all of this yeah it's um it's definitely been an interesting time It's been really challenging in terms of um, like living in Halifax. Um, There's always, I do a lot of in-person shows. So at Christmas time, there's sort of like a little circuit of shows that I always do every year. Um, And again, in the spring, there's usually a few that I do. Um, The Craft Nova Scotia one in the summer is one I always count on. Um, So it was definitely really, um, 
it was really bizarre to, I don't think I did a single show in 2020, which was, which was very, I, I was really, um, I'm not sure what the right word is. It was kind of alarming and also a bit of like a wake up call to just be like, wow, I, I rely so much on this certain, um, the certain method of selling for like a huge amount of my revenue. And, um, it just kind of was like, oh, maybe, you know, it's, it's good to consider like what other ways can we innovate to, to find ways to reach our customers. That's not necessarily always in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely missed all of those shows immensely because I, I really do appreciate meeting my customers, um, in person, face to face. And, um, you know, Halifax is small, so you often see some of the same people, same customers coming again and again to the show. So it's really nice to check in with them and, and, you know, mm-hmm. start to develop those relationships. And, um, I don't like, I didn't necessarily have connections with all of them online at that, at, you know, in this past year. So it was like, Oh, how do I refine yeah. those people? Um, so it was like a lot of new challenges. Um, but it was a, it was a good opportunity to slow down a bit and reevaluate, um, you know, like my web presence. Um, and I did, uh, through, I've done over the past few years, a few courses with the center for women in business. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a lot of really great resources that I've, I've been fortunate to be able to tap into. Um, and in the, I think it was in May, um, I did a great course with them on, uh, e-commerce. Okay. Um, and, uh, it was the, it was a great course. We did it all over zoom and we each sort of like came up with like a really specific action plan as to how we were going to proceed to sort of like revamp our, our, uh, online strategy. And so that was, that was really helpful. And I also ended up in the summertime, like just completely redoing my website um, because I think through that course, I was like, oh my gosh, my website is, is horrible because it sort of, it taught me to look with a really critical eye. We spent a lot of time pretending we were shoppers and, and visiting different sites and seeing what was working. Like if, if you're purchasing something, like what makes your online shopping experience easy and you feel confident in it. Um, and then, you know, when I popped over to my own website, I was like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> yikes I've got a lot of work to do so um yeah so I redid my website in the summer um so that was sort of good to have so by Christmas time um even though there was no shows I felt a lot more confident going into the season online right. uh, which was good yeah oh that's good because I, I was looking at your site and I was, it is you do a good job with it so I, I mean <laughs> it's not perfect it's definitely not perfect. I still have a lot of stuff to tweak, but you know, at least sort of the the bare bones of of being able to like look at products, put it in the shopping cart. Um, yeah. You know, hopefully, hopefully, it it's a good experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what other challenges would you say you would typically face in this type of business? I think um, because right now I'm just a uh, a single person running my business there's just so many hats to wear and it 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 is really challenging sometimes to to manage all the moving parts of the, of the business because um you know you have your days where you're in the studio and you're just making and producing but there's also 
you know, the online stuff, you have to like manage your, your social media accounts. And if somebody purchases something, there's sort of like the back end administration mm -hmm. of, of handling the sales and the shipping. And um, yeah, so there's just like, there's a lot of, a lot of moving parts that go into, um, into my business and, and sort of, yeah, being able to manage the time with that is, is I find really challenging. And also, I mean, from a, another perspective, I, I don't, I, you know, there's certain things I do where I'm like, oh, somebody, this is actually what they uh, specialized in, just did this. It would take them half an hour, whereas it takes me two hours, you know, to like do my monthly finances. Um, yeah. So that's challenging, but it's just going to be a matter of over time, just starting to be able to, to reach out to outsource some of those tasks that, uh, that I find a bit more challenging. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so we used the B word. I, I kind of, yeah, I kind of slipped that one in uh, business. Oh, and yeah. um, did you, when you were at NASCAR, did you ultimately expect that you'd be a business owner? No, <laughs> it, was, it was like a rude wake up call after, after graduating. Yeah. yeah, it was, Um, gosh, it was, yeah. And it's funny because sometimes I think back like, oh, why didn't like we get all these really rigorous courses that were like specific to our industry that taught us how to do all these things. But really, I, I think it's good in some ways that it, it didn't because like it's it's great that I can look back on my degree and there, there's just so much technique and there's so much studio work that that I needed mm -hmm. to do that I think that if we were trying to learn business at the same time, like it just it would have been too, it would have been too much. I think like it would have had to have mm -hmm. been like a 10 year degree or something. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it was a little bit shocking, but then, um, you know, I just had to kind of seek out the business knowledge in other ways, like over the years since graduating, whether that was through different jobs I had or, um, you know, like I mentioned, like taking courses at the center for women in business and, and, um, and also just like really um, getting to know the people in my community. So whether jewelry specific or just like other people in the craft community, like that's been, that's been really helpful in sort of like learning the ropes of, of business stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have to admit, I, I've done a couple of craft shows, not many, but yeah, seeing how some of those folks operate the veterans they they do like they really have a like a good sense of what it's like to run a small business yeah um yeah yeah it, it was uh it was kind of a an awakening for me too just to kind of see how they they move because they're they're doing something creative but they still like are very much like I'm a retailer yeah and it's yeah it's interesting yeah yeah and, and like, I, I really feel fortunate too, that like, I find being here in Halifax, a lot of, a lot of the people that I have gotten to know are so generous with their knowledge. They're not just kind of like, mm -hmm. Oh, I'm keeping to myself doing my thing. Like people have been so generous and sharing um, sort of what they've learned and tips and tricks of, of managing the business side of everything. So yeah. Yeah. Really, really lucky. So if there's like one piece of advice you would give someone, what would that be? 
I think that you have to be really tenacious. Like, I think you, you just really have to like thinking back to that ring that I built, it's like, <laughs> you just really have to, to keep going and just like, there are going to be roadblocks. There's always going to be roadblocks. And I think sort of just like having the, the mentality that like, you've got to just work through it and, and you'll, you'll be able to move forward. Um, and also just kind of being, being really open. Like, I think that you need to be open to considering other ways of doing things. Like if you're, if you're just set in your ways, like you're, you're not going to keep growing. And I think you have to keep growing and adapting, um, from many different perspectives, like, you know, technology, like, yes, this year we all had to switch to online. Um, but yeah, I think just, you know, to be able to, if you want to pursue craft or art, um, yeah, I think you just have to be really flexible. Um, like thinking over the years of the different types of studios I've had, like I, I worked in a spare bedroom for many years. Mm. There was a time when I slept in my kitchen and used my room as a studio, oh. but like, because that's what I had to do at a certain point. And, and I think, yeah, you just have to really, if it's what you want to pursue, you got to do whatever it takes. Yeah. <laughs> going. Yeah. Yeah, you did that artist residency in Toronto, actually. How, what was I that did, experience yeah. like? It was amazing. I feel, I honestly feel like I probably wouldn't still be doing jewelry if I, if I hadn't do, done that residency. It was such an incredible experience. That was in Toronto and I moved there um, just a few months after I graduated from NASCAD. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like the shock that I remembered of starting foundation at NASCAD and just like realizing that I didn't know anything <laughs> kind of just like happened all over again, <laughs> except I had just finished a degree. <laughs> and I was like in this big city and I, I had this amazing studio. Um, it was really inspiring. There was a, the jewelry studio and we were right next to the ceramic studio and there was glass glass blowing and uh, textiles mm -hmm. and um, but none of us had teachers or anything none of us had assignments we were all just there with this amazing facility and all of a sudden we were our own like we were in control of the own direction you know there were certain guidelines like we had to show up a certain number of days a week and the space was open to the public so you know there were certain requirements we had to do for that but in terms of you know the types of projects and work that we were undertaking that was all up to us so it was um it's a really great learning experience and I think that was the time that I really started to learn how to push through like those creative blocks because there was so many days where I would just go into the studio and I'd probably just sit there and stare at my tools and <laughs> I don't know you maybe fumble around hammer a couple pieces of metal but you wouldn't really do anything I mean yeah. I think there was probably times where there was months where that would just happen and then eventually you'd make something and you'd move forward yeah it was uh it was three years I feel really thankful for that time well I always thought they were like a couple months I never knew they could be yeah. years long yeah it was three years yeah huh. yeah cool really really cool time artist residency that's something i i don't know i part of me wants to try one part of me is like 
I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, it sounds sounds amazing. Yeah. I mean, that one was was interesting because I was I didn't travel to visit. Like there's a lot of residencies where you travel somewhere and you're there for yeah. like a, a short period of time and it's a new place. You don't actually live there. Um, so this was a little different because I, I had actually moved to Toronto. I lived there. I had to have a part-time job, um, find ways to support myself. So it, it, it felt more like work, going to work gotcha. than, than maybe a residency. But I've never done one where I travel. I think that, I think it would be cool. Mm-hmm. Have all your regular daily distractions sort of out of the picture for a little while. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just forced to focus. Like, yeah. yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. where do people find you online? Yeah. So I'm on, um, I'm on Instagram a lot. My Instagram is K Claire Mac. Um, I'm on Facebook under the same. And then my website should I spell out my website? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm it. just, yeah, I'm just uh, kclairemstudio.com. Cool. And all the links will be in the show notes. So uh, for the people who don't want to remember that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Claire, thank you for doing Craft Pays Me. Uh, yeah. Thanks episode. so much for having me, Duane. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure. And yeah, again, um, we'll we'll be in touch and it's just nice to finally like put a face to the the yeah likewise (laughs) likewise great chatting with you thank you for listening to our special craft page me series thank you to langy beats for the theme music you can find them on youtube just search l-a-n-g-i beats and thanks again to craft nova scotia for making this possible and arts nova scotia for the support If you got anything out of this, please rate, review, or leave a comment on whatever platform that you're listening. You can find out more about ArtPaysMe at ArtPaysMe.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. I'm at ArtPaysMe on all of those platforms, and with that, we're out. See you next time. Peace.